Welcome back to another episode of the Compass Podcast. I'm Zach, your host for this episode. And today we're talking with a good friend and colleague at Compass, Vincent Vong, our Director of Sales and Procurement. Despite how the Bitcoin price chart may look right now, the Bitcoin mining market is still very, very hot and the dynamics and strategies behind miners scrambling for hardware and hosting space to run their machines uh, are pretty interesting. Vincent's here today to explain all of that to us. Um, I'm excited for you to listen to what he has to say. And without any more delay, let's get started. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you do, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on your preferred listening platform. It really helps out the show. The Compass Podcast is presented commercial-free by Compass, the number one Bitcoin mining marketplace. If you want to get started mining Bitcoin, source hard-to-find ASICs, or find competitively priced hosting space, then check Compass out at compassmining.io. And now, on to the show. Vincent, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Uh, appreciate you having here. Excited to chat with you for a bit. Hey, Zach. Pleasure being here as well. I'm looking forward to talking about this. So I I want to start off kind of with a little bit of an open-ended question. Can you give us sort of a 10,000-foot view of where the mining hardware market is uh, right now compared to maybe where it was, uh, let's say, like two years ago when, um, or a year and a half ago, I guess, when this, uh, this bull run got started? Yeah, definitely. It's been a wild ride ever since the halving. So right after the halving, the brand new miners all came out from the different manufacturers. This includes the S19s and the Micro BT M30 series. And in the beginning, there, these machines were going for, let's say, like $20, $25 per terahash. And basically, you could get them very quickly. Everybody basically had access to them if they just reached out directly to the manufacturer and there was an oversupply. But as soon as the bull run started to kick in just a little bit in December, we started to see everybody scrambling to get hardware and future orders selling out within days. And we also started to see announcements from public companies buying up tons and tons and tons, and tons of uh, future stock. Um, this just overall just limited the amount of available hardware to the rest of the people after the institutions got done with it. We looked at Marathon buying over 100,000 units for delivery all over 2021, we looked at um, Riot buying over 40,000 units delivered over a, a similar time period. And after that, there really isn't much left over for like retail and other clients. Gotcha. Yeah. Things like just looking back to prices uh, of machines a year and a half ago um, kind of makes you wonder if like buying actual Bitcoin or just buying A6 would have been a better uh, investment in hindsight. Um, but like right now, I guess for the past year and a half, ever since the halving and the bull run got started, uh, this current one, I guess, um, we've heard talks about like this ASIC shortage where it's it's like hard to find ASICs or hard to find them like as cheap or as uh, large a scale of order as some miners might want. Um, but at the same time, you have like, I mean, you have us with pretty liquid supply of ASICs and plenty of other larger scale mining operations they definitely have access to a pretty large supply of ASICs. So can you like, like, is this ASIC shortage real or can you like quantify a little bit, like some of the nuance of how, how the shortage is and is not like real right now in the market? Yeah, for sure. So basically it, the ASIC shortage is something that is very real. So basically there is, um, there is a shortage of chip supply worldwide. And so this is directly with the foundries, right? Yeah. Cryptocurrency in its whole is like a, a very small part of the market. 
even though it, it basically consumes our lives today. If you think about it in the grand scheme of things compared to like GPUs, phones, cars, and various other electronics, the cryptocurrency mining community only takes up approximately 1% of the total allocation of, of uh, wafers and chips from the foundries. And so in the, in the grand scheme of things, we're, we're, we're tiny. And so that's why we never get priority, especially if there's like a new iPhone being released or a new Samsung phone being released. So with the chip supply shortage, we're like everybody's going to be having problems uh, receiving allocations and also making sure that they're of good quality, especially for the new generation miners. Since um, Bitmain and MicroBT started moving towards like seven nanometer and eight nanometer chips, it, it, it leaves a lot more margin of error. So how Compass basically gets its, its um, equipment is we're tapped into three, three areas that kind of assist us so that we don't feel the supply shock of ASICs. Um, we're tapped into the secondary markets. We're tapped into uh, speaking directly to the manufacturers, and we're also um, connected to large mining farms. And what a lot of people don't really understand is a lot of these large mining farms, they have old existing equipment on the shelves. What, and also they place mm. future orders with the manufacturers, right? And so we, we work in tandem with them where we can purchase some of their future stock that they like just carve off a little bit of their future orders. And also we can sell the machines right off the shelf, right? And by doing that, yeah. we've been able to alleviate um, a lot of the supply stress that our other competitors have. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm curious, this, like, before I even ask it, I should preface that this might be a little bit of a bizarre question, but like the chip shortage, like you mentioned, is having serious effects on other like much larger markets than like Bitcoin mining, ASIC manufacturing, um, like vehicle manufacturing, for example. And there's sort of this dynamic where used cars are just like insanely expensive and in much higher demand now, like relative to, to new cars. Um, do you sort of, do you ever like, w- could we ever see a similar dynamic in like the ASIC market where like used ASICs, just like our demand for them is sort of, so much higher than an actual like new uh newer generation asics um or maybe is that just like a weird phenomenon unique to the car market right now based on the chip shortage no definitely i think that you're going to see very similar things in both kind of marketplaces one because used asics are a lot cheaper than than new generation asics while remaining extremely profitable due to the price of bitcoin right now and so a lot of people will forego the new brand new like ferrari kind of s19 pro and really look into the m20s because even if you're at like seven or eight cents right now, you could be profitable with an M20S and you could buy two or three for the same cost of one brand new S19 Pro. And so a lot of people, especially in low power cost regions, are scouring like everywhere to try to get used ASICs. And on top of that, something that we've found really great success in is if you purchase a used ASIC that's already on site and you have a quick, a quick turnaround time, the advantage of getting your miner online sooner versus waiting a couple of months and getting a lower price and taking advantage of the difficulty drop is something that real people really, really like. And especially with all that news um, from China right now, I think that we're going to enter a really like a golden era for basic mine, or Bitcoin mining specifically because we've increased our price by so much and then the difficulty dropped basically back to levels that we haven't seen since January. And I, I think that not only is ASIC supply being uh, in short supply right now, the infrastructure side is also lagging behind. Nobody was expecting this massive bull run. And so everybody was kind of slowly building out their infrastructure as needed. Nobody builds out an extra 100 megawatts before they actually have the demand for it, right? Now now everything's just catching up. So we're going to have a, a period of 
extremely high profitability for the next say six to eight months. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy uh, just from my perspective looking at it because you see difficulty with the latest adjustment, like whatever it was a few days ago, um, several days ago, I guess at this point, almost a week ago, dropping a couple five six percent or something um and like difficulty now is below where it was at the very beginning of the year um and we're trading i don't have a chart in front of me but it's, we're around like forty thousand, something like that um but in like end of december 2020 early january of this year bitcoin was trading around like twenty eight, twenty seven thousand dollars. so difficulty is like like significantly I, I would say lower than it was in january but the price is like 30 40 percent higher um definitely not a bad time at all to be mining bitcoin um kind of crazy yeah it's definitely really crazy um i want to like so there is one other aspect uh, that i sort of want to introduce to complement maybe the hardware conversation we're having um that may throw a little bit of a wrench into this like golden era of bitcoin mining um for the next like several months and that's like if so if you're if you're lucky enough or if you have connections and you've procured like all the hardware you want let's say um now you have to figure out like okay where am i going to power these machines or where am i going to put them to actually run and mine bitcoin for me um and the asic shortage uh like the chip shortage generally has gotten a lot of headline attention and in like bitcoin mining news media whatnot it's also made headlines but sort of the facility space shortage the rack space shortage um is maybe well i'm curious if you think it's even more severe of a problem and it definitely hasn't gotten sort of the attention that the chip shortage has um can you like briefly talk to us about this sort of secondary uh crunch that's sort of affecting miners as they try and find uh space to actually power their asics yeah for sure and so this is basically the 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 facility shortage has been uh coming ever since like let's january slash february um a lot of people don't understand that when you're going to develop a facility you there's a lot more that goes into it than just like putting down a building and and getting up racking a lot of the times you need to do <laughs> sure. long, long lead time electrical work right that includes like building out a substation drawing lines to your site especially if you're looking for those larger sites that um people are looking for where they, everybody is asking for 25 to 100 megawatts with a six to 12 month timeline. And generally that's not very realistic. These facilities need to be planned far, far in advance. And that's why I'm saying um, it is a golden era for uh, Bitcoin miners, especially if they're already plugged in. And that's why these like turnkey miners that are already at the facility and just being flipped over to another client are very interesting, right? They don't need any additional rack space. And so a lot of these like large public companies are, 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 or just miners in general, are, are trying to build up infrastructure as fast as they can, but we're not going to see a lot of capacity come online until Q, Q3 or Q4 of this year, this year, and even bleeding into like 2022. And that's why I think that there is going to be like that golden era of profitability. Interesting. So I guess what you're saying is like the next, uh, well, like half year to year, we'll see like a, a, a decent um, surge, I guess, in the amount of available rack space, which interestingly enough, kind of aligns with um some expectations for relief of the the chip shortage um globally i think uh, a month or two ago intel's ceo said he expects the shortage to last another like year or two i guess i mean like obviously there's some sort of lead time in trying to fix supply lines and build out manufacturing capabilities again um for some of these uh, foundries um 
which I guess positions like a lot of tech, uh, technology manufacturing markets, specifically Bitcoin uh, mining, to sort of see a surge in, in growth and activity uh, about a year, let's say like a year and a half from now or something, as ASICs become like newer generation ASICs become more plentiful, Rackspace becomes more plentiful. Um, and like with a little bit of luck, the price is still climbing or at least stabilizing at a high level. Um, does that sort of align with some of your expectations? Like a year and a half from now, we'll see like just a huge growth in, I guess, like hash rate ultimately as machines and rack space become more plentiful. I do think that we are going to see less, like less, um, the bottlenecks move away from rack space and then, um, chips. But then again, when I think of overall network hash rate and difficulty, I, I think a lot of people are, are not wrong, but just looking at it uh, in a different way when people are talking about um, when they're modeling out, for example, difficulty or their ROI for machines, right? A lot of them will model yeah. with a fixed difficulty growth. And for me, I just don't think it's realistic. So in 2017, when the S9 was released, it was around 100 watts per terahash, right? And then mm-hmm. when with the new brand new S19 Pro, they're around like 29.5, something around there, watts per terahash. And so that's basically a 3.3 times increase in like overall efficiency hash rate and and like power consumption. But with these brand new chips that are coming out, like five nanometer and stuff like that, I don't think that we're going to see these major efficiency jumps anymore. And because of this, I think that there's going to be a limitation to the total amount of machines that can be produced and mm-hmm. like doubling from for example 50 exahash to 100 exahashes is, is is a difference of 50 but doubling from 100 to 200 exahash is like a difference of 100 right so it is it's gonna yeah. get harder and harder to make these like big difficulty jumps especially when they're the the like hardware hardware efficiency is starting to level off as well right like basically from yeah. The very beginning up till now, Bitcoin miners were playing catch up with all the like node sizes and everything. But now we're reaching like the limitations of that, and we're also like reaching the limitation of how many chips can be produced or allocated by each foundry. And so I think that Bitcoin mining is going to continue being profitable for even longer than, than this golden era. Personally, no, yeah, that makes uh, that makes perfect sense. Um, I guess like on average between halvings, um, we've seen like hash rate sort of uh, double like in between halvings up to this point. I guess you wouldn't necessarily expect that to happen going into the next the next halving in like uh, three years here. Yeah, I would be extremely surprised if we saw really really big jumps in the overall hash rate. I think that. Manufacturers learned from their mistakes. In 2017, um, Bitmain produced the like brand new S9, and it was so profitable that they even started like going back and producing the, the S7s and rebranding them to V9s, right? And then mm-hmm. when Bitcoin tanked a little bit, they had to sell a lot of miners for a loss. And so I think that the manufacturers are becoming a lot smarter in the amount of total machines they produce as well. So yeah, I, I don't think that we're going to see a, a major, major increase in overall hash rate interesting yeah no i that makes sense um i'm curious like so we've like sort of covered a lot of ground really quickly here um i'm curious to know well maybe i should preface this question also like even though uh this industry like kind of consumes our life like uh on a daily basis it's still um for lots of the reasons that we've mentioned uh, lots of the pain points for miners especially it's still a very immature like very growing sort of nascent market 
If you had to pick like like one particular aspect of the market that you sort of could accelerate its maturation faster than anything else um, with regards to mining, what like what would you pick, uh, and I guess why? Um, if you wanted to make life significantly easier in terms of like financing or hardware or rack space or, or whatever the case is, what, what's at the top of your your wish list in terms of making life easier for miners? Yeah, for sure. And so I think the biggest part for miners right now that they're having trouble getting is like financing. There's only a select hand like handful of customers that can provide this kind of service. I think that once um, it, it's adopted to the broader markets, it, it, it will definitely accelerate the growth of the entire industry right now financing is like capital costs for building out in like a mining farm are insane like the yeah. ASICs cost probably 70 percent of your facility now compared to before they would probably be like 40 to 50 percent and so i think that access to capital and getting the ability to finance these machines for retail and for institutional customers will generally just bring this industry up to the next level. Yeah, that'll make sense. I'm curious though, um, if you see like, obviously like uh, Compass and other miners are sort of like by design in the weeds of the mining market, is there like any sort of alpha, I guess, or when you look at the mining market in terms of like machine prices and like secondary market demand and rack space demand and all of this, can you, or have you ever tried to like get a sense of that as like an indicator of the overall health or like uh, state of the, the crypto market in general to, to sort of determine like where we are in the bull run or, or a bearish cycle or like the temperature of, of the market sentiment in general? Is there any sort of like alpha you can derive there? For me, it, it's actually really interesting. Um, I don't know if this veers a little bit off from your question, but how how I look at it in terms of the hardware market is I, I kind of, um, or like if in, in terms of like, if it's a worthwhile investment kind of thing is when I look at a Bitcoin miner, I kind of um, denominate it in two kind of ways, one in fiat and then one in Bitcoin. And so like my goal is always to stack as many stats as possible, right? And so yeah. when, I, when, I, when, I, when I purchase something, even if I pay for it in fiat, I want to say, like how much Bitcoin could I have bought today with this with this kind of money? And so miners are really interesting because they continuously print out Bitcoin as long as as long as you want. Like even if they're not profitable, like you should you can be able you can continue to print it print Bitcoin. But obviously mm-hmm. you want to print it at a discount. And so how I like a hidden alpha or I I think is basically mining. A lot of people don't really understand. Like it's like a highly contentious argument where people are saying, should I buy a Bitcoin or should I buy a miner? Right. And I can I can give it anec- like anecdotally where if you bought a miner, like I bought a, a couple of miners in August and I, in, in terms of Bitcoin price, um, it was around 0.12 Bitcoin per machine. And then I mined for like eight, nine months and I made whatever I put into those miners, like 0.12 Bitcoin. And then afterwards, I resold the, the miner for 0.1 Bitcoin. A lot of people don't take into account that resale value. And so basically, I almost doubled my Bitcoin within eight to nine months, like by just purchasing the miner. And so if you look at it from a longer term point of view, you can like easily triple or quadruple the amount of Bitcoin that you get by purchasing a miner. And I think it's a really healthy indicator to realize that miner pricing really, like, really follows the Bitcoin price, right? So... I was able to sell a used miner that was run like that ran for a couple of months and also printed the exact same amount of Bitcoin I would have got for almost the same as when I purchased it. So I bought it for 0.12 and I sold it for 0.1 Bitcoin. 
And so for me, I think mana is a really like great hidden alpha that people don't really understand, especially if you have a longer term point of view. That uh, makes a ton of sense. And it's something I've also noticed like in conversations I've had with people who are interested in mining, I mean, through Compass uh, specifically, but they're sort of interested in how long it'll take for them to mine enough Bitcoin to ROI their initial hardware purchase. They sort of leave off, they sort of forget the like a second half of the equation, I guess, in terms of ROI in their purchase. And that's like, you know, your, your machine uh, value like significantly appreciates with the price and, and like also depreciates with the price of Bitcoin uh, to an extent, depending on the market cycle. But people just sort of forget that. And obviously, that sort of assumes that you're, you're willing and able to or wanting to sell your machine at a certain point. But like on paper, you need to sort of include both aspects, like the actual Bitcoin you're mining and the resale value of your hardware. People can ROI much, much faster than they sort of anticipate. And I think like uh, it's, it's difficult sometimes to track the secondary, to track well the secondary prices of hardware, but like they do like estimates that are tossed around, they do like track Bitcoin pretty closely and even like can serve as like a higher, like a higher beta investment. Like they outperform Bitcoin when Bitcoin is sort of on a tear here. Definitely interesting market dynamics. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's the hardware relationship, hardware prices to Bitcoin prices is always pretty fascinating to me. And people sort of forget that your hardware is worth a lot more when Bitcoin is up a lot more. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, a lot of people just don't realize that when Bitcoin price goes up, like hardware prices immediately jump up. But if Bitcoin prices drop, right? And you like the hardware prices generally lag behind by a couple of weeks. And so you have like a really good opportunity to like sell your miner for an even higher price um, than you mm. expect, uh, especially right after a Bitcoin price shop, because nobody wants to let go of their money printers for cheap, right? They think that it's a money printer, right? Yeah. So when like, that's why a lot of people, especially if they're new to the industry, they don't really understand how the price of an asset when you purchased it for like 2,500 um, can now be sold for like $14,000 at its peak, right? It doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but when you you realize that this is printing, like the, the, the cost of the machine is directly correlated to the amount of money it can produce or like, or like currency it can produce, then, then people start to make, like it starts to jive in people's head. That's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, that, that also makes perfect sense. Um, I never thought about it that way before. No one wants to sort of, even if the price is dropping, no one wants to give up their money printers just and let that, let those, that value depreciate along with the price as quickly. Um, Vincent, thanks so much for your time. This conversation for me was super fun um, and also super informative. Um, and I know all of our listeners will, will find it the same way. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time to come on and chat. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And yeah, feel free to reach out. And if you ever want to talk about hardware or anything like that, I live, breathe, and eat basically ASICs all day long. So. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much. Okay, thank you. That's a wrap for us at the Compass Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please subscribe and consider leaving us a five-star review on your preferred listening platform. Thanks again, everyone. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on the Compass Podcast are their own and do not represent the opinions of Compass Mining, Inc. None of this content should be considered financial advice.